Welcome to Drink the Coffee, Do the Work, the weekly podcast that highlights focus-driven creatives and entrepreneurs in your community. On this episode of Drink the Coffee, Do the Work, we're joined by Lexis Hughes, a local face and name in the tech industry. She tells us how she has adopted the Ivy Lee method as her personal productivity philosophy. Being a woman working in tech, she tells us how she navigates the male-dominated space as a female minority, how she stands out to be heard, her ongoing mentoring young women getting into the industry, and where it all started, waiting tables at the keg. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Ooh. I'm going to start off with a calming spa meditation <laughs> mix. Welcome to Drink the Coffee, Do the Work. I'm going to kill the fan. If you could please... Is it recording already? It is, yeah. We like to just throw people right in (laughs) with absolutely no warning. Nice. The furthest right. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, I really have to get this fan better balanced because it is very noisy. Mm. And it requires weights, I believe, to be put on it. But I don't know. It used to be balanced. It didn't used to make noise. And then I came back from the holidays and now it makes noise. It shakes. Now it shakes. Well, welcome to the podcast, Lexis. Thank you so much for being here. We'll just like get started. We'll get right into it. If you could tell our dedicated and valued and loyal listeners, who is Lexis? Oh. What does Lexis do? She's like, oh, this is yeah. so weird. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> well, thank you guys for having me. Um, Absolutely. Really excited. So yes, I'm Lexis Hughes. So about me... Well, I am from Waterloo, went to high school, university, and did my postgrad here. Yep. And did my time in the service industry working. I was working at the keg for almost 10 years that I worked oh there for. Yeah. It was a huge part of my life for a long time. And then the past couple of years have been in the KW uh, software tech scene. So. So fun. So how did you make that transition? How did you jump? We've had so many people from the service industry here. Yeah, I feel like the service industry gives you a bit of an edge because you're used to working hard and working for what you want to earn because you're working for those tips. So it's a direct correlation. If I work X number of hours and if I perform really well, I am pretty much rewarded. So making the jump to the tech scene in a sales role felt a bit more natural for me at least because I thought okay commissions can be intimidating but if you have a low base salary if I work really hard I can earn commissions so yeah I've the exact same as a service industry exactly you get paid not a living wage but yeah. you make your own living wage depending on how much effort you put in <laughs> yeah and I thought if I can sling expensive wine and steak then I'm sure I can sling some software <laughs> let's see how this goes sling and software and steaks that's yeah. your vibe that's really funny so uh so where was your first like out of the gate leaving the keg where did you where did you work first what was your first role um, I worked as a business development representative at Exonify in town here. Cool. So, and that was, I was really excited about the role at first, but I think people have a almost like a stigma about being in that role because it's super junior and it's no secret you have to cold call. And I think some people feel, you know, as a entry level job that you might be above it. Yeah. But it gives you, you have thick skin serving because people are, you know, really tough to your face, mm-hmm. but you know, hammering out cold calls a day, people are really rude to you on the phone too. So yeah. 
I really thought it was a valuable experience. Some people might feel that they're above it sometimes, but. But you know what? People always thought that they were above serving too. And then you went home and counted your money and you were like, shit, Damn. I'm fine. Yeah, this is fine with I'm It was always entertaining to me when people would like speak as though serving was beneath them and that like I shouldn't be doing it. You know, oh, you're a graduate of an education. Why are you serving? And I was just like, to make money. I mean, I yeah. could show you why <laughs> that would be considered rude. <laughs> right. So although maybe people look down on that role, if if you're able to make it your own, then in serving or a business development role, like, OK, so speak low about it, then that's fine. Yeah. And I think that exactly what you said, people don't really know your background either. So serving, I was still at the keg and working at Exonify for quite a bit of time. And I'll never forget one night I had served this really lovely couple and he had said, you know, you seem like a really smart girl. You should get a real job. Oh, <laughs> and it was so tough to one hold back saying what you really want to say because yeah. you're still at a place of work and you right. can't be disrespectful. But like also what, to think what real jobs, sir. <laughs> and it's like, what, what, how is this not a real job? I come to work, I wear a uniform and I get paid at it. So it feels <laughs> yes. like a job. <laughs> how is, I feel like it's like the definition of a job. <laughs> yeah. Like what suddenly makes this not real? Yeah. And, um, that and was, I know a lot of career servers like that have bought homes and raised families on being servers. Like there is nothing wrong with it. No. And especially at certain establishments that you work at. I mean, I only know my experience from the keg, but there are so many people who I worked with. The keg wants to promote people. I've had friends of mine. They now work at corporate keg in a marketing capacity. They now have become a dining room manager or service manager. Yeah. And now they are a general manager of a keg. So there's so many avenues for you to go within that industry as well. So I'm like, how is this not a real job? So strange. So you, how did you handle it? Were you just like, cool, cool, cool? I said, Bye. oh, thank you so much. I actually do work full time. Yeah. And I just love this job. I've worked here since I was 17. So it's a part of me. Yeah. And I love it. And like he was more like, wine, oh. sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, thanks so much for your bill. I'll take that now. <laughs> yeah. Did you tip me because you pity me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or did he give you like the classic 10%? Oh. I, I think I wanted to look after because I just thought that was an experience. I'm just going to walk away. <laughs> I once had a guy leave me his number on his bill and gave me a sub 10% tip. Negging. Like, Negging um, for sure. I'm confused, sir. Did you just leave me your number? And it was in a hangman form too. Mm -hmm. It no. was like he wrote a hangman and it said like, call me was missing. And it was like, can I buy a vowel? It was a lot. There was a lot wrong with it, honestly. But then his number. And I think I remember, I think that the girls at my restaurant texted him and said like if you want a girl to text you you should give this her a real how. tip yeah right <laughs> start out there start uh, start at 20 dude anyways that That's was stressful. a totally total aside i just felt like everybody needed to hear the painful side of being a server speaking but, of thick you know skin you, yeah yeah sure. i was gonna say yeah you deal with a lot of thick skin and yeah. it must get you into a position where cold calling <laughs> like yeah then to be in a sales role and not having any background experience it did give me thick skin to be like okay I don't I don't know how to do everything but I'm so eager to learn and willing to learn because okay someone can be really crass to you on the phone but you're used to hearing 
certain things as well. So it did help me push through it because some people struggled with it. Um, I didn't struggle as much as I thought I would. Right. And probably my guess would be that that experience would have just sort of led you right into being a more natural sort of sales leader because you're like, well, if I could do this hardest, it's kind of like doing door to door sales or whatever, like the hardest thing in sales. And I'm good at that. Then give me a product that people really want and I can really get behind and let me sell that. So is that sort of when you decided to make a jump? And switch roles or? Yeah, I think um, after having some experience and some of the people I'd worked with and I had a really great mentor um, who was my manager at Exonify. So he really helped me a lot to kind of navigate. It's hard when you're young to, you know, that dreaded question, you know, where do you see yourself in one, three to five years? Goodness. Yeah, that's tough. It makes you kind of gag. (laughs) But he broke it down from experience wise. And he's so he made me think of, okay, what have you got from your experience being here and your experience from this role? So what type of experience would you like in your next role? Yeah. And one thing that was a challenge in the role I'm in now being as an account executive, you're doing a lot more presentations. You're actually speaking to people face to face and actually less on the phone and less in email. And that kind of made me bring back some of the skills that you have of serving when you're standing in front of someone and now having to do presentations in front of different stakeholders or, you know, important, quote unquote, important people. um, It's kind of had to bring that back and something I've had to work on again. I uh, absolutely loved having to memorize things in serving roles and like picturing you standing up at the front at first gave me such anxiety thinking, oh my gosh, you have to stand in like a boardroom with a bunch of people in suits that are all judging not only the product that you're trying to sell them, but also how you're serving it to them. But I just pictured you like going in like the keg server you were because you like at the keg you had to memorize daily specials and and there were probably steps of service that you had to follow that were like just a script almost. So does that give you some kind of level of like, almost like you want to go back and tell that guy, hey, man, you didn't think that this was a real job, but this real job is the reason why I am in this awesome role now that I'm in currently because you didn't think that this was important enough work. Or applied to to the yeah. next stage of my career. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah. you're and now you're able to make presentations to important people and you're able to see like the leaders in your company look at you with respect because you have a skill set that you gained in a weird place. Yeah. And I think obviously your education helps you so much to understand the theory of what you're doing. And I think that's pretty much the point of university. It teaches you the theory, but the practical part of it. One thing I didn't realize when you're serving people, you're actually watching them because you want to see if they're ready for a drink, if they're enjoying the meal. So your emotional IQ is super high. So when you're giving a presentation, if you notice people are dropping off at a certain point, I had to learn so much content in my new role and so many technical things about our product. And we have hardware and software because if I saw that people were not falling asleep, which I hope they weren't, but kind of fading off or looking at their phone or, you know, glancing at their computer, you, you know, that emotional IQ, okay, they're not physically present and Mm -hmm. mentally present. So what do I pivot to talk about that's relevant? Yeah. Yeah. So I better know everything about this product or as much as I can (laughs) so I can reference something that will make them look alive here. Yeah. Constantly be shifting and evolving. So what's your 
What's your role now? Are we allowed to talk about your role now? Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm like, this yeah. would be Beating weird. Yeah. Yeah. So you worked at so, Exonify. Yeah, so, yeah, so after Exonify, now yeah. where do you work? Um, I work at Myovision Technologies. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm And they, sorry. No, go. What do they do? Because I've, I've heard this a few times from our our co our co-friend 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 our mutual friend mutual friend thank <laughs> yeah. you very I much you should go with co-friend co-friend's nice yeah. uh it's uh it's a it's a company that monitors traffic yeah okay so yeah monitoring traffic is a good way to put it that's a very okay. stefan answer i like that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we do a few different things so if you think of an intersection i'll point at you know this one right here yep urban As, king yeah yep. that's a good example so typically this intersection, if there's the, it's a signalized intersection, there's the lights. Yep. So we have a camera that is mounted up and it will detect when cars are in certain lanes okay. to help change the phase. So to change the phase from red, yellow, or green. Right. There is an advance. Is it left turn here? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there's a left and right turn. So the advance. So our camera would pick up and detect the vehicles that are there to determine you know, which movement should be able to go first. Okay. Wow. So what you're saying is we need this at every intersection in Waterloo that has an LRT. Yes. We're actually at a few of them now. I think I'm allowed to say that. Okay. We're getting there. Okay, cool. That's wonderful because I have sat at lights for literally 12 minutes in Waterloo because of this amazing train that we now have. It's incredible. I don't say that in a bad way. I actually mean I like the train. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's very cool software. So it's data collection to help immediate uh, flow of traffic as well as future flow of traffic. Exactly. Judging population, judging uh, seasonal effectiveness, mm -hmm. I guess. And typical detection at the intersection used to be um, in the ground. They're usually an inductive loop or oh. a sensor or a puck. Okay. So it, you would drive over it and your car would wait it. Right. You know that what is that um, old saying? If you flicked your high beams at the light, it yeah, would yeah, help yeah, change yeah, yeah. it. Absolutely that. false. Okay, cool. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that, but also I'm glad that I I'll didn't because I would have yeah. been just. I that makes sense now. People flash their. I felt like they were flashing their lights at me to yeah. go, but they think it. <laughs> they think it hits something on the light, but it's actually always in the ground. It's not the case. Yeah. Yeah. The theory I heard was that it was like. It was to simulate the uh, flashing that an emergency vehicle would have, which gives them kind of right away. But that's probably Come a signal. On. That's probably like something else. They right? actually yeah. can just change it themselves. Yeah. No, it's um, it's actually in the traffic cabinet. Oh. <laughs> okay, we'll get huh. real nerdy here. Let's so in the traffic yeah, cabinet, there's a radio, and then the emergency vehicles have a radio as well. So okay. not every intersection has emergency vehicle preemption. So some of them do, some of them don't. Right. Huh. Wow, we have learned a lot about yeah. traffic today. It's crazy because when I first heard of Myovision, you know, you think of, okay, it's video detection at the intersection. It's AI. Yep. It's all these things. Yep. But what's so, what I love to nerd out about this industry is that it impacts so many people and traffic is something that's constantly evolving. And then you look at cities that you go to and trains, buses, cars, people, like there's so many other avenues. Like it's just very interesting. Speaking of cities that you go to, um, you go to a lot of cities. You travel quite a bit for your job. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds like you have a lot of autonomy. Traveling for work was something new to me in this role. So I listen to lots of podcasts, obviously, <laughs> when you're either on the yeah. airplane or, you know, in an Uber or whatever it is, driving to the airport as well. And one of the people I follow, they talk about this um, Ivy League method. Okay. So you essentially pick your top six non-negotiables that you have to accomplish throughout the day. Okay. And this is strictly from a work basis. So some people who like to have, okay, 
in a perfect world in a day i want to accomplish 25 things woof so that's a lot yeah it feels like a lot and it's not practical in the office you can get distracted pulled in hey we want you in on a meeting we need to ask you this your phone rings you pick it up so by picking six you kind of set yourself up for success that day if i accomplish these six things that's how i know my day will be successful everything else that i'm able to complete is kind of gravy okay in that sense and that's kind of your personal philosophy that's how you get Mm -hmm. majority of your yeah i saw you post about this and i was like i need a new like productivity hack so i looked it up and um yeah i guess this like ivy lee person literally Mm -hmm. went to somebody's business and they cut him a check for twenty five thousand dollars after doing this for six months because i think this was a long time ago okay yeah so this was a lot more money um but they cut him (laughs) a check for twenty five thousand dollars because he came into it was a factory of some kind and taught them at the end of your work day you write your six tasks down for the next day because right now you know what you need to do right don't waste your most productive hours of your day the morning trying to make a decision on what needs to happen you've already made the list you've already told yourself what needs to happen and you go from order of importance too so like yeah first thing in the morning is the most important thing so if that takes you all day well at least you got the one thing done that was the most important and then you just keep shifting if you don't get all six done move forward to tomorrow and those are your four most important than that day yeah that was the other thing with the six things that you pick you're prioritizing them so sometimes there are things that you like to do about your job, your day-to-day tasks. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing everything you like to do first, but there's no deadline attached to that, yeah. yes. you know, some people might say they're so productive because they, you know, maybe they like doing data entry or whatever they're able to accomplish. Okay. But if that put you behind a deadline, why did you prioritize to do it first just because right. you liked that task? And also yeah. like the things that we like, we can usually do the fastest and most effectively and efficiently. So And I'm totally guilty for that. I will also just work on the things that are fun for me. Literally yesterday, all I did yesterday was create content and do the stuff that I love to do while ignoring many tasks that are far more necessary and important. But if, yeah, doing them first thing in the morning, which everybody talks about, do the most difficult task, the most difficult task, Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning. So I think by doing, it doesn't have to be the most difficult, but whatever the most critical is to be done, then if it happens to be the most difficult, then cool. But it's probably not going to be the thing you love the most. Because yeah. you could do the thing you love the most on your lunch break if you love it that much. Exactly. Why does it have to be at seven o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning whenever you get into the office? Yeah. Like, when I first started doing it, I noticed that I was wasting, not wasting, I shouldn't say that, but dragging out my morning because okay. my first two tasks were always the first two things I enjoyed least. Right. And the first two things I knew that they were most important, but my motivation to do it, I wrote it at the end of the day before I get into work and to drag it's a drag so another thing I started to do is because I was taking my time doing it because I didn't like it I realized it wasn't even effective so I'd set a time timer on my phone for 30 or 45 minutes so it was it forced myself you have 30 minutes to do something you don't like shut up and do it just get it done <laughs> and it'll be and over with it won't be yeah. yeah dragged out through the entire day because you just made your whole day super inefficient and when you have i don't know about you but you know working under pressure so if i see the timer on my phone i know that maybe i just rolled i walked to go get a coffee or did something then you're like damn it okay now i only have 20 minutes left to do this <laughs> yeah and no it really feels it's like the, it's like you're hacking yourself yeah. into like in yeah. in high school and university when you had to write the paper you didn't want 
I would always leave it until the last minute possible. Yeah. The Dropbox countdown. Yeah. Like it's literally going to close in university. Like you yeah. may not submit this after yeah. you lose 10% oh if you God. submit it late. And I'm like, well, let's play a game friends. Yeah. But if you could do that to yourself without the serious pressure of like, okay, well I, I went to 40 minutes, but yeah. it wasn't my entire day. <laughs> no, but you set that time. Limit. I think 30 to 45 minutes is typically your attention span maybe for me it is okay. I know that after that I kind of want a mental break you want to move around you want to go for a coffee yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah or just walk around the office you have a big open office space or maybe you yeah. get a phone if obviously during that 30 to 45 minutes I get a phone call or an email to answer then yeah I take it yeah, yeah I yeah. tack on an extra 10 minutes or whatever the time is but it does help hyper focus on something that you don't enjoy doing right hmm. so uh in your role do you work on a a team, would you say? Do you have a team? Yes. Yeah, so our team is actually set differently than most like traditional companies is we have a whole revenue operations team. So that gets us to work with um, marketing, our customer experience team, and then our sales team as well. So I'll, we all think everyone has to take the mentality that every role you're in, you are technically doing sales. So to fall under Hopefully, a revenue yeah. operations team is really fun. It helps for for better collaboration between your customer experience, your technical team, and yeah. um, our marketing team. I do want to talk to you about what it must be like as a woman in the tech industry. Um, I don't want to presume that that's the only thing that you have to talk about. So that's why I've left yeah. it for last because no, you have lots you. of other valuable things to talk about. Um, but I would love to ask you what that's like um, because you went from university to serving to being a female in the tech industry has that been what what's the experience like I don't want to make any assumptions for you so I would I would love to know what that's been like for you yeah um thank you for leaving it last because I like that <laughs> um it is it's really unique and I think it depends on the industry that you work with like in office you typically align yourself with a company that has pretty similar beliefs to you. So in the office, it's great and you feel really well supported. I think there's working with um, a male dominated team that I am super close with. I feel like talking to them more about certain experiences that you've had is super valuable to them because, you know, a lot of coworkers that you have, you don't talk about certain things. Sure. So I think just educating the guys or males that you work with like hey this happened to me once and it wasn't that cool yeah they're pretty unaware of that type of stuff totally and I think you see more of it when you're outside of the office so mainly if you're traveling or at trade shows mm -hmm. or meetings and events that's where you feel a bit more singled out as a woman in tech you just feel like you're treated a little bit differently mm -hmm. more so when you feel like you have to represent that when you're do you outside. feel like people don't listen to you in the same way or like do you feel tokenized ever do you feel like you're like they brought you in you're the girl on the team they were like oh shoot we gotta get we gotta get a female in here I'll call Lexus in. <laughs> yeah it can especially if you go to I mean if you go to any local event so there's those meetups that um, KW runs the KW meetup group. Okay. So leaders for every different industry, there's a meetup actually for entrepreneurs. They meet okay. at the catalyst building. So everyone does these types of entrepreneurs. I went to a sales meetup recently and, uh, there was two other females there. So it's not a huge deal. You just, you instantly can feel a little bit self-conscious. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing to get over is feeling self-conscious and just go up and talk to people. And 
one thing that I've learned is you have to your advantage. If you do feel self-conscious because you are the only female there, you might be getting attention from someone because they want to know why you're there. So if you have a 11 second, 30 second elevator pitch, if you're going to get the attention because you stick out, have something to say. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. use it to your advantage. Exactly. Especially in a sales position, right? When Mm -hmm. people maybe are paying attention to you because you're the only two females in the room. So they're just naturally going to be drawn to you because you're the only two people that are different. You stand out. Yeah. 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 And you can use it. Yeah. And you can take and be like, oh gosh, they're only talking to me because of this. But if you can get past that mental break and say, okay, I'm actually here because I am hardworking and smart and educated and my company trusts me. So I belong here. Yeah, Yeah. I belong here. So, okay, you might be approaching me because maybe I'm young or whatever it is, but I have something to say so I can say it. Yeah. And so what if it started out with them wanting to hit on you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, yeah. And you have to get past that and then move along to, hey, now here's my pitch. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And I think that it's tough to get around that for everyone. Because no one likes to feel that you're being spoken to for the wrong reason. But Truly. yeah, especially at those kinds of meetups, honestly, that that I haven't been to one in quite some time. But the last kind, not that specifically, not catering meetups, but there used to be other sort of, I don't know. Get togethers. Get togethers, yeah. one yeah. might say, in, in KW. And I used to go to them and I just never knew what people's intentions were. But I think if I had looked at it with that perspective of, well, I don't really care what your perspective is, but here's how I'm going to get ahead anyways. Yeah. yeah. Then who cares? And I think that those networking events are really fun and they're really hard to put yourself out there in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think that probably why more males go because it's more of a like ego and a confidence thing. Yeah. And I think for as a woman in tech, you just have to go from like an education standpoint. I'm here to learn and I'm here to grow. Mm -hmm. And it that's still an air of confidence, but you don't have to feel like aggressive about it. Yeah. And that was one thing that at Myovision we've done, we had a woman in Myovision day to kind of educate ourselves about, you know, the people that we work with side by side. Cause you can work with people in your company, not really know their story or know anything they've been through. Right. So one thing that I wanted to start getting involved in was helping actually younger girls who are getting into whatever type of industry it is to help just tell them things that happen yeah because I think that right now women in tech is like oh like, just don't be shocked yeah don't be shocked I think there's so many opportunities where people say like oh women in tech it's such a great thing now but you're whatever you can be a male in a f- uh, female dominated industry mm-hmm. and still deal with a struggle and I think that just talk about how you overcame that struggle yeah so there's um yeah I did if the YWCA did a girls in STEM event so I went to that oh cool and then I'm starting in January it's called Technovation Waterloo okay so it's girls that are from um high school to university they create their own little startup and then you can sign up to be a mentor and coach for 12 weeks no way while they go through so I picked two categories I could mentor and coach in so it'll be every other Saturday for 12 weeks and it's funny because the girls will actually be one thousand times smarter than me because they're in a computer software computer engineering program that's <laughs> awesome I'm helping with more um the sales and marketing their go-to-market strategy that's the a perspective that they yeah. don't have yet as right? well as just so. social awareness of like this is the environment you're getting yourself into yeah. this yeah. is what you can kind of expect and this is how and you like, can navigate through the male dominated yeah and you yeah. mentioned like emotional IQ and that is a, a thing that a lot of 
people in tech, not just women, but a lot of people in tech oh. are lacking in. So if you can bring that to these girls or young women at that age and start letting them know that is just as important as your technical awareness. Like you cannot not know how to carry on a conversation and hold your own with and and think you're just going to get by on a computer science degree like that's just it's not happening for anyone yeah it's not happening for dudes well it, it is happening for dudes but it's not happening yeah. <laughs> it's not it's women get judged on a much under a much harsher lens so if that means that they have to try harder or in different ways and you can show them that perspective then that is super cool yeah and you can't really I don't think you can actually teach emotional IQ, <laughs> but it's more you so can at least show them that it's a thing they need to work on. Yeah. And just be aware of, OK, reading people's body language and how they are. And I think that if I hadn't worked in an industry where you had to pay attention to those things, it would be really difficult to get into that industry where, mm -hmm. you know, you notice that people maybe aren't paying attention properly or maybe aren't watching your PowerPoint or watching you a little yeah. bit more. Mm -hmm. And to see the way that you have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool. Do you have... Any suggestions for any female listeners that are listening oh. and wanting to get into tech? A mini like, mentorship right now? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you have any suggestions, any pearls of wisdom for them? Yes. I would say find a mentor and find a mentor that shares these similar like beliefs and values that you have. Okay. So they don't necessarily have to be someone that you work with or on the same team. And my career mentor is a... 40 something year old male nice. <laughs> and yeah. and only because he understands what my like beliefs and values are right. and has been a good coach for me so I think some look for a person who has that shared of belief okay not someone that you think is um super cool on LinkedIn or Instagram <laughs> okay I'm looking Very for a mentor true. right now I don't know where to look yeah. where do you find a mentor is there like a Mall? I know, Timmy you mall. don't work in an office so what are you gonna <laughs> do well, that's true actually okay then I would this sounds like the a very lame thing to do, but think of your network and maybe you find a mentor outside of what you do. Okay. But you like their approach to business. Mm -hmm. You like their thought process. You like how they carry themselves. You like how they run their business. Okay. And it could be two different streams of what you do. But if you like how they fundamentally perform, then that might be a good mentor for you. Okay. Shoot, and just reach out to say, hey, advice. do you want to mentor me? What do you do? What, how do you approach Hello. that conversation? I'd like to be a mentee. Yeah. Yeah. I would say one thing that I don't like and a lot of people don't <laughs> like is when you say, let's go for coffee so I can pick your brain. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. That's my absolute 10 out of 10 least favorite thing yes. anyone said. I'm like, I feel like I'm being harvested. I don't want my brain yeah. to be picked. No. <laughs> but I think if you... So say I wanted to get into photography, then I would be, be specific. Be specific. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Lindsay, I've looked at your work. This is what I like about you. your work. You do these types of weddings. Yep. I'm interested in this type of wedding and getting into this type of skill set. Hmm. Could we meet for coffee and I can ask you about that? Okay. Yes. I would like to learn these things. And then that person has the opportunity to decide if that's information they're willing to give up right because maybe you're at maybe the person you're asking is at a growth phase where they're not willing to share that kind of information with you and they don't want to be put on the spot or maybe they're more than happy to share that information but they were afraid that by you picking their brain they were going to ask you things that you did not want to talk right, about right, right, right. and yeah. you could just be more specific of like these are the things I'd really love to learn here's how I want to grow in my business is that a thing you think you could help me with like do you want to yeah the pick your brain not yeah. a fun thing when people ask that. It should be valuable 
or mindful, I should say, of people's time. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds it's kind of like dating too. You don't want to just pick one horse and just stay with that. That's a terrible. <laughs> that's a terrible. Uh, I'm gonna edit this. No, but I mean, like, you wanna you wanna kind of shop around and see and make sure that they're they're right for you. Like, start oh, okay. a conversation. Like, Tim, start a relationship you with this person. Have chosen a horse. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, actually, you could use a dating reference in the fact that if you're not honest with the first person that right. you go on a date with and you get drinks with and you're like, oh, let's just get a drink and talk about things that don't really matter. That's the same thing as going for coffee Mm -hmm. with a business person Mm -hmm. to say, oh, just tell me about things that Mm -hmm. could be good advice. Like, no, tell me what what are we here for? Yeah. Yeah, And I feel like the other thing um, on on this same topic of asking people on a date um, for mentorship or just guidance or whatever, (laughs) the other thing that is super important is do it on their time. Say what works in your schedule. I can do early morning. I can literally come to you on your lunch. What What's the best thing for you? Um, when people reach out like, hey, are you available like this Thursday at 6 p.m.? Well, I, like who's asking, who's who's doing the ask here? Yeah. I do appreciate when people give me a specific time that works for them already, but like be flexible. If somebody says, yeah, I'm only available this, this Thursday at 7 a.m., show up or yeah. let that thing go because if you can't show up on that person's time, then... You don't deserve it <laughs> really True. right oh exactly yeah i just realized i'm probably horrible to go on a date with after saying that <laughs> i'm like so what are we here for Being for what drinks? is this cool. about what do you want yeah. what are we what are we getting out of this this is i know i actually i really feel like i could never join the dating pool again because i would just be way too abrasive i couldn't do the whole like flirty cute game thing anymore i think i would just be like listen what are we here for what are we doing what are your goals in life how do you see this going what's your five-year plan moving on <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, um, be like, wow, that sounds awful. <laughs> like, uh, every two weeks I'm in the States, so um, I'll see you every other week for two to four hours a week, and good luck. <laughs> good luck. That sounds I, just way more I efficient. like that you did a peace sign, and yeah. good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> oh, no. Awesome. Lexus, oh, where can gosh. people find you, should you wish to be found online? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Um, from a professional setting, definitely yeah. LinkedIn. Okay. I like to think I can do and share some pretty cool things on LinkedIn. Great. And well, planning fine. to share some cool content on LinkedIn for the new year and my Instagram is like probably a little bit boring but personal but you know you could creep me there if you wanted (laughs) amazing well we will link to these things in the comments as we always do yes um thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me it's been a treat it's been an absolute treat uh happy new year Happy New Year. 2020 vision. Oh, God. Ooh, your future is looking bright. I've got so many. Listen. Stop dad jokes. 2020 no, 2020 vision. I'm saying Stop it literally saying forever. It. You, I, just, oh. I was recorded on 570 News yesterday saying 2020 vision, and I said it as a joke. You and said the guy it on was, Liam's podcast, too, last episode. No, I'm going to say it constantly. Oh. constantly. She's going to stop. All I can no, say I can't is, stop saying it. I'll say it in 20, I'll stop saying it in 2021. Okay. We have a whole year of this. Great. Good. You guys have 366 Good days because grief. today is the last day of 2019. I'm I'm, say, it's not even 2020. I still say it. <sighs> I'm going to say 2020, just do it Nike. That's my theme. Okay. Oh, okay. Just I'm do it. it. I'm into it. Well, just do it. Thank you for being here. And uh, we'll see you next time on the next time. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for having us in your ears. We release a new episode every Tuesday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on Instagram for episode updates at Drink the Coffee, Do the Work.